0: Welcome back to Locked On NFL Draft. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out one of our other shows either Locked On Seahawks, Locked On Niners, or you can check out Locked On Chiefs if you like. We got plenty for you. We have a great drop for you today. We're going to go over Rob Rang's initial in season 32 man big board right now coming at you live on Locked On NFL Draft.
1: our Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, for former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy, and also Rob Rang. Man, how you guys doing? <laughs> doing well.
2: Doing well, man. Thanks for
1: having me, as always. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, Rob, you have a big board that that just came out. And there were a couple of surprising things on there. But as you were putting this big board together, working on your article for Fox, what were some of the first things that kind of jumped out to you? Well,
2: the biggest thing for me, Eric, is that uh, I don't have a lot of changes in the top half of of the first round. I mean, I I think that, um, you know, really the this year's draft class is going to be uh, very much focused on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I I think that the edge rusher class is very good, starting off with my number one-ranked player, Kayvon Thibodeau uh, from Oregon. He was my top-ranked player when I put out my initial big board uh, back in September, and he remains number one overall. I know that he had a couple of games there they missed with the ankle injury, uh, but I still see a guy who is absolutely dominant football player. I have him at number one overall. Evan Neal, the big offensive tackle from Alabama, I have at number two overall. I had him at, I think, number four. Previously, Kyle Hamilton, the free safety from Notre Dame, Derek Stanley, the cornerback from LSU, Uh, you know, rounding out the number three and number four, and Demarvin Leal, the edge rusher and and hybrid defensive lineman from Texas A&M. We'll be talking about those guys a little bit more later. But those those are the guys that I see as the the difference makers in this draft class. But to me, the big takeaway is the fact that I think that this could potentially be a historic draft class when it comes to the defensive backs. And so, Eric, I know that's something that's very much right in your wheelhouse, so I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on uh, either where I have the defensive backs ranked or if you agree that this is a spectacular defensive back class just in general.
1: Yeah, very talented class, and I think you know nobody is more talented. I think Derek Stingley, everybody knew about Stingley, but Kyle Hamilton – 6'4", 220-pound safety with great range. When, you, when you're when you kind of watching him right now in season, what are some of the things that really jump out to you right away to have him that high? Because for a safety, I mean, that's probably higher than you even had guys like Derwin James, Minkah Fitzpatrick, and those are guys just in recent years. I mean, we can actually go back to even guys like Sean Taylor, right, where well, I'm pretty sure you kind of evaluated his film. Ed Reed, you know, like Kyle Hamilton, he's, he has really good company with where you kind of have him rated.
2: Yeah, that's the thing is you're you're talking about some of the greats, you know, and and I think the Kyle Hamilton can be that. I think it's also a reflection of the fact that this is not the typical draft class. Um, You know, there's not the skill position stars that we've seen in the past to me on the offensive side of the ball where this class is really good is on the offensive line. And typically we don't see a a huge run on offensive linemen go early. I, I think that the playmakers this year, Beginner in the defensive backfield. And, and Kyle Hamilton, at his size, as you mentioned, um, with his, uh, his range, his ball skills, uh, his physicality. Uh, his open field tackling. I'd be surprised if Kyle Hamilton does not wind up going somewhere in the top 10. And I think that the, that safeties in today's era are as important as they have ever been just considering the way the offenses look to move the football. And that is something that I think that Ryan can probably speak to just because, you know, he is the guru when it comes to the statistics and where offenses, especially are looking to move the football.
0: You're absolutely right. I, I look at a lot of that, but I'm also, interested in the evolution of what it takes to be that player. As we look at athleticism, as it changes over the years, I feel like there's a swing of the pendulum back coming back towards. And it's very interesting the way that you listed Hamilton here as a free safety specifically, as you did with your second safety on this list, which I agree with. And I think that's something that as we see in the NFL as there, we're going to two more, uh, a lot more too high safeties. There's, I think it's not just because of what you're trying to combat in the current generation of quarterbacks I think it's also because it's getting harder and harder I feel to get a guy that can be a true sideline to sideline center fielder and get it done and that's what stands out to me most about Hamilton is that what pops out to you on tape as well
2: it certainly is to me. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, there, there's the the, the big interception here a couple of weeks ago, where he is in the this, the opposite hash and is able to get all the way over and make that interception. I mean, to me, that that is exactly what you're looking for: is guys that do have that range, and it's you know, it's unique when you have a guy as high or excuse me as as High legged as Kyle Hamilton is to be able to change directions as fluidly as he does. That to me is what makes him such a spectacular player. So when it's all said and done, I'm not so sure that he's going to go number three overall. I think Eric Turner actually, uh, you know, way back in the day with the Cleveland Browns going number two overall was about as high as you're ever going to see a safety go. But at the same time, I think you can make an argument that, that I am underrating Kyle Hamilton. I know that there's some scouts out there who believe that Kyle Hamilton so far has been the most impressive player this year. I'm not so mm. sure I agree with that. That's why I have him third. But I do think that he has been the best defensive back I've seen on tape so far this season.
1: Yeah, and there's just one play I have to talk about this because you talked about the one when he was a two-high safety on one side and ran all the way across field to rob a pass and end up intercepting and making a diving interception catch, which is amazing. But he also had another play that shows, like, his versatility and also still range, but in a different way. You know, he was a two-high safety on fourth and two, and at the snap of the ball, he shot down and ended up having a tackle for loss. And I thought that was just as impressive as the interception, just showing how versatile he is. But you talked about him being, you know, one of the best prospects in, in, in defensive back prospects as well. But also, you know, there's another guy, and, and, and the cornerback from LSU, all right, He's a guy, and, and, and obviously I'm talking about um, uh, Derek Stingley, Stingley here. Uh, Derek Stingley, he was kind of pegged as just from the jump as a true freshman, the guy, right, like the, the, one of the best cornerbacks in the nation. And some people actually thought he was robbed to not win the Jim Thorpe Award, right? So he's a guy that, you know, he has the protection. But I feel like his last two seasons, there's been, you know, just something's quite not right. Right and I know he dealt with some injuries and everything as a sophomore and this year has been kind of weird especially with LSU and everything that they have going on but tell me you know have there been any kind of second thoughts on where you have Stingley or do you just think like you know he's just such a terrific prospect no matter what he's the guy he's going to be in that top part of the draft regardless
2: Well I think that he has the talent to be drafted that high the the, the red flag here is that on October 6th um, he went under underwent surgery on his left foot. And obviously, anytime you have a medical red flag, then that's a concern. And the fact that this is as gifted of a cornerback class and just defensive backs in general, but especially at the cornerback class, then yeah, if you have any type of red flag on you, then you could potentially tumble way down the board. I mean, because there's just so many good corners uh, in this year's draft class. So I just go back to the track record of of what LSU has turned out into the NFL. I think that he is the most gifted cornerback I've seen at LSU since Patrick Peterson, who I think may very well wind up being a Hall of Famer one day. Uh, you know, so to me, that's the kind of uh, you know uh, of player that we are comparing Stingley against. Because when you come into the LSU and the SEC and you dominate as a freshman, you're an All-American as a sophomore. And I think that he was on, very much on pace to be, potentially be an All-American his junior season as well, if not for the injury and and for the fact that the teams have gotten smart. They're not going to throw the ball anywhere in his direction anymore. And so I think that's some of the reason why he has lost a little yeah. bit of his luster. But I think when it comes to the NFL draft, he'll still wind up being a very,
1: very early selection. All right. All right, and we'll talk some more about his big board when we come back from this break. We're going to get into some of the surprises in a positive way, guys that might be higher that you weren't as high on early on, and then some guys are a little bit lower. We might speak uh, specific to the quarterback position, all right? So stay tuned, guys. This episode of Locked On NFL Draft is brought to you by McDonald's, probably serving your community since 1965. McDonald's, I mean, it's always been more than just a place of tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family and everybody can kind of go and reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up. And do, you know, group studies. well? And while you're doing your group studies, you can grab a French fry. You can grab a burger. You got ice cream, McFlurry, snacks, all that good stuff, just a place to be able to hang out and focus. And while you're doing your group studies, they also have dependable Wi-Fi. So you can utilize that as well. You know, win or lose, I used to love going after tournaments, going to McDonald's, eating with the friends, eating with my teammates. It's an amazing place for all that, and a place for you to be able to stop and kind of refuel. So, you know, head over to your local McDonald's right now, refuel, reconnect. And uh, did somebody say Locked On? Yes, Locked On NFL Draft. (laughs) I'm loving it. Hey, Locked On NFL Draft fans. It's your host, Eric Crocker, and I'm here with an incredible app that everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside, and my listeners right now are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas, Every time they fill up, just download the GetUpside free app at you know Google Play or Apple Store and use promo code Touchdown when you do that, all right? You're going to get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at a pump ever again. Don't do it. Get cash back by using GetUpside and just download the app. Again, promo code Touchdown to get up to $0.50 cents a gallon cash back on your first full tank. Some people, not me, because I don't drive a whole lot because I'm in the South, but if you drive a lot, I mean, they're making three, $400 back a month just from using this app. I mean, it's amazing. And to get the money back, it's really easy. Just anytime you want, it'll go straight to your bank account, your PayPal, your e-gift card, Amazon, wherever. So again, download the GetUpside app right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Start making your money back. Off of your gas. All right, so Rob, the the quarterbacks—they're a little bit low. We're going to get into them, but what what surprises have you had? That are there any prospects that that stand out now that you didn't initially have on your top thirty-two? Well, I
2: mean, there certainly has been a couple of players, but one guy who has absolutely skyrocketed up my board, and I I'm disappointed with myself for not putting him up higher before because he was a first-round player, in my opinion, from the jump, and that's been Aiden Hutchinson. I had Aiden Hutchinson down in the 20s -hmm. just because the fact that, just like we talked about with Derek Stingley, the cornerback from LSU, coming off of injuries. Aiden Hutchinson missed most of last season with a fractured right ankle himself. Uh, but after watching him go against the University of Washington and Jackson Kirkland, a, a first round offensive tackle, in my opinion, or at least a guy who I think is going to be, if not in the first round, then within the first 10, 12 picks of the second round. And I thought that Aiden Hutchinson really showed that that he was the, the clearly the better of those two players in that matchup. And so I have Hutchinson jump all the way up as number six overall. That's probably where he should have been in the first place. And I would mention one other player from the Big Ten, George Kralapis, the 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 defensive end from from purdue a really good football player a guy that i'm not so positive is going to work out very well and that's one of the reasons why he was not among my initial top 32 going back in september however I have learned the mistake of my ways, gentlemen, because you, the more you watch George Karlaftis, the more you appreciate the fact that he does have such an incredible repertoire of pass rush moves. He uses his hands as well as any edge rusher in this draft class. I still have my concerns about what he's going to run like um, and, and test like. But at the same time, you put it on the tape and he is as pro ready as any defensive lineman in this draft class. And considering that, I think there's going to be several first round defensive ends in this class. That's saying something.
0: You're absolutely right, we're gonna to have to get more into pass rush about how you use them. For me, I think maybe the, the number one thing that I, I have to find out from that combine or from ever we, we get measurements is the arm length for him because so I, I feel like he plays longer than he actually is, and maybe that's one metric that is going to allow him to stay up there towards the top. Despite what I agree with you, is probably not going to be on out of this world performance in terms of the athleticism. I think the change of direction is pretty good. And I think his first step is pretty good. I I think his leaps will be pretty decent for a man in size. I'm looking forward to seeing him, but – you always have to go against someone on the other side. And One guy in the top 10 stands out to me because I just don't know what to do with him to this point. And it's Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. And again, very crafty with the, on your list as listed as an OL. And I think that's really what comes down to you because when I hear people's concerns, it's about is he a jack of all trades and a master of none or is there a clear position for you that when you take him, especially if he were to end up at the top 10, where does he have to slot in what's best for him as a role in the NFL?
2: Well, I think it's guard. And I and I, I hate to, play, to to mention the name Quentin Nelson, but I mean, that, that to me is sometimes who I see with, with uh, Kenyon Green. I mean, just his physicality, his initial quickness, his tenacity, his power. I mean, just his, you know, he is a guy that is just a physically dominating kind of a player. And so it just gets you excited. I mean, as a former offensive lineman myself and not a very good one, but, uh, but one guy that that you just kind of watch and just think, wow, this guy can absolutely move people in the line of scrimmage in the running game. He has enough lateral agility to be able to – to pass protect as well. There's just not every time I see this young man play and he's played some tackle, of course, this year as well. I just think what's the ceiling with this guy. I have yet to see it. And so that's the thing is I did put him an offensive line rather than at guard where I do think that he fits in best, but I don't want to pigeonhole a player Mm -hmm. with his talent. I want to, uh, to see what NFL teams view him as. And if he continues to play as well as he has at that right tackle position where he's been kind of pushed into, then I think that the, you know, basically the world is his oyster. He might be able to play outside the next level. Um, there there's a lot of people who initially had talked about Tristan Wirfs, who might have to slide inside. Uh, and obviously, once he uh, erased any of those concerns with his incredible workout and the fact that he played all you know virtually his entire career in Iowa at the right tackle position and has come into Tampa Bay and been the dominant player that he has. To me, that's the kind of guys we're talking about. Absolute all pro caliber players. That's why I have Kenya Green, number seven overall. I know that's early but I think that he is one of the absolute studs in this year's draft class.
1: Hey, Rob, I wanted to get, you know, your take on the quarterback position. And we've talked about how maybe this draft class for quarterbacks isn't quite as strong. I wonder if there's going to be that late riser. But right now you have two guys in your top 32, Kenny Pickett at 28 and Matt Correll at 20. All right, Were you surprised at all that you did not have any of these quarterbacks higher, especially a guy like, I mean, we've talked about Rattler and kind of his fall from grace. And now he's falling all the way out of your 32. Was uh, before we get started on the quarterbacks, was was Rattler originally in your top 32? He was.
2: He and Sam
1: Howell mm-hmm. both were, and I mm-hmm. still am,
2: am pretty high on Sam Howell, probably higher than a lot of folks are. I mean, I, I have him as a solid second round pick. I think that he is going to come into the NFL and be a quality football player, but at the same time, he doesn't have those elite characteristics that, that NFL teams typically are willing to gamble on in the first round. Um, and so I so he's a guy that I, I'm looking forward to kind of talking about as like a ranks gang kind of a thing, which is usually an article I write every year prior to the draft. They're like some of my favorites that are the non first round kind of guys. Spencer Rattler, everybody sees the traits there. They also see his willingness to basically to stare down his primary receiver. And then when that's been exhausted, they basically just try to escape the pocket and run around. And that's just not going to cut it in, in the NFL. You know, and so I think those are two guys who are falling down the board a little bit. Kenny Pickett from Pitt, there's no question about it. He has been the biggest riser of this year's quarterback class. I mean, he had very mediocre statistics up until this season when he's very much been a, a Heisman Trophy candidate, even with this loss here to Miami just this past week. But I, I think that the the big name, of course, is Matt Corral. Just the the arm strength, the the athletic ability. I do have some reservations about whether he is the kind of leader that you want in your huddle. That's been one of the kind of knocks on him. Um, in that, is he the kind of guy that uh, that everybody can kind of build around? Everybody can get excited about. Is he the kind of guy that the 35-year-old veteran offensive lineman, is he really going to trust this 2021 year old kid who still acts sometimes like a young man in that regard? Is he going to be the kind of guy that can really uh, you know, put a team on his shoulders? There's no question that he has the talent. There's no question, that, at least in my opinion, that both these quarterbacks have a chance to wind up going much, much earlier than I have him on my board. But at the same time, this isn't a mock draft. This is just the way I would rank players, and I don't see that any either one of these two quarterbacks as being the slam-dunk starters that many of the other prospects at, at positions that aren't considered quite as important, but I still think that they're better football players. That's why they're going to be getting drafted in the first round as well.
1: Yeah, it's going to be – just a, a really polarizing topic, I'm pretty sure, throughout draft season, trying to figure out where these quarterbacks are going to go. Is, is the team going to kind of jump up and reach for one of these guys? Talk about seems like the Houston Texans, and they're going to be at the top of the draft where the Detroit Lions, are, gonna, are they going to be in the market for a quarterback? Those things we'll find out later in draft season, but when we come back, we're going to talk about Thursday night football and some rookie prospects that you guys should be watching in that game. We are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of your basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head over right now to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, Baseball, postseason baseball, which just ended, but NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. That's bet online where the games start. All right, guys. So typically on uh, heading into the Thursday night football games, we like to kind of give a little preview of some rookies. That'll be playing in that game. Not a whole lot of guys kind of standing out in this matchup, but on the Jets side of the ball, there is no Zach Wilson. Real quick, you know, I want to give you kind of what are your what have been your thoughts of Zach Wilson early in his career? We are it's, it's it's still young, and it's not like he has had a ton of games, but he's had his struggles and a lot of more I'd say down moments than up when he at the time he got injured leading the NFL in the interceptions thrown. Then he then you got to have you have a guy like Mike White come in. And he goes and defeats the Bengals. Has that made you view Zach Wilson a different way at all?
2: For me, it has not. I mean, I I thought that Zach Wilson was put in the most difficult position of all of the five first-round quarterbacks, uh, you know, drafted. Just, I mean, he is going from, uh, you know, BYU, a relatively soft media market to New York City, the Big Apple, and all the expectations there. You have a brand new head coach and a defensive minded one at that, and Robert Sala. You know, I'm a big fan of Mike LaFleur, the the offensive coordinator there in New York, but at the same time, I really thought that this was going to be a tough road to hoe uh, for, for Zach Wilson, he does have very good accuracy. I like his footwork in the pocket. I, I like his moxie. Um, but at the same time, I just thought, God, you are putting a lot on this young man's plate. Yeah. And, and frankly, I'm a, I'm a, I've been a fan of Mike White for a while now. So I'm not surprised that he had some success, but I also think that it's because there was so much expectation for Zach Wilson, number two overall pick, you know, right after Sam Donald to come in and really take over and and leave the Jets the promised land. And I just think that that was pretty unrealistic expectations. Whereas with Mike White, there was zero expectations. I think the Cincinnati Bengals felt that way as well. And that's why they, they came out of there with a loss.
0: For me, it goes right back to that. This might actually be a good thing right now for Wilson to like get off the roller coaster for a couple of weeks here. Evidently they're not going to go to IR with him. So I think that allows him obviously to use his mental acuity, to get into the playbook a little bit more, get into the film without having that pressure to perform every week, week in, week out, and just go back around and hit that that drop as the ball kicks off every week. I, I liked him coming out. I think he's performed admirably given the change uh, that went on in the, in the coaching staff, and maybe this allows him to get an anchor back about doing what he can do. I don't feel like they've maximized... Or let him move around as much as I would, given what we saw him do at BYU. So maybe they can work some of that in as he works his way back. I expect him actually to come out in a pretty solid spot and earn that number two overall. Do you think that there's there's still hope for that there?
2: I certainly do. I, I think that he's gonna wind up becoming a really good football player for the New York Jets. I, I do like the fact that they um, you know, kind of ensured him a little bit with, with the selection of Elijah Vera Tucker, um, the guard. And then, you know, of course, I thought that that he and the left tackle, at least at the time, Mekhi Becton, were going to be able to to really be a dominant force for the New York Jets. And, of course, with the injury to Becton, um, and, you know, it really has, has kind of put New York in a, in a bit of a tailspin here. But I liked the that selection. I liked the fact that the Jets went out and got – Uh, The receiver, Corey Davis, it it looked like in the preseason at least that that Zach Wilson, Corey Davis really was going to become a thing. And Mm -hmm. so I do think that ultimately this is going to wind up working out just fine for the Jets, but they have to have a little bit of patience. Uh, and, And so I think if they get. Um, you know, too overeager. That's why I would agree with you, Ryan. I think that this is actually going to wind up working out really well for Wilson. I think it's better for young rookie quarterbacks to be able to kind of take a step back every now and then Wilson due to injury is going to have that opportunity. Um, But I think that it's going to wind up working out best for him in the long run.
1: And speaking about working best, I mean, you have Michael Carter. He's a rookie as well. This would be the guy to watch with Zach Wilson being now he's actually leading the Jets in rushing And also second in receiving yards. I mean, now, I don't want to say it's not saying much, but Corey Davis leads the Jets with 349 receiving yards. Michael Carter behind him with 226 yards. You know, his usage is pretty good considering he's a rookie. Are you expecting a big game from him uh, this Thursday?
2: I don't know that I expect a big game just because the fact I think the Colts' defense is actually pretty solid. Um, you know, they they have a couple of a good young players. You know, of course, you know your time with the, the 49ers, Eric, that you know, that DeForest Buckner is a terrific football player. But and and then again, the Bay Area, another guy, uh former Stanford linebacker, Bobby Okarike, I think is a good football player that not a lot of people uh, you know talk about often enough. And, and so because of the fact that the Colts um, you know, have some some speedy linebackers, Darius Leonard, of course, being a, a big time playmaker for the Colts as well. Then I wonder if they're not able to slow down Michael Carter a little bit, but he is a dynamic athlete. I mean, Javante Williams got a lot of the buzz at North Carolina, um, you know, and he's obviously had some success with the Denver Broncos. But Michael Carter has been every bit the flashy player that I thought that he could be for the Jets, and I do expect Mike White and company to rely a little bit on Carter in this game if the Jets do have a chance uh, of winning their second consecutive game against a team that, in the Colts, I think is much more talented then I think that Carter is going to have to have a big performance.
1: Yeah, now on the on the other side of the ball with the Indianapolis coach you got Quiddy Pay. Uh Ryan, you know, have has there been anything that stood out to you about his
0: game so far? I feel like it's slow progress, but it is progress. I I'm having been wowed I have to be honest at this point but I kind of expected that coming out I I thought there was going to be a little bit of a delay in his game developing Uh, much like I thought I was I was super for for the time I was super high in Bobby O'Karrike at the same at the time as well I had him in the mid-third and I, I feel like both of them just needed to get into the schemes and let that kind of progress and I think being on that roster being with the defense is going to be like adding up to more of the sum of its parts as it goes along. So I feel that the best is yet to come for him. And I, I think if they can get that going, a peak there, maybe late in the season, especially now that we have 17 games to deal with and definitely should they make the playoff run? I think that's going to be the time where impact is really going to come along.
2: Yeah. And I would agree with you I, when it comes to quitting pay. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, didn't start that much at, at Michigan. You know, he played an awful lot of football, but again, guys like Aiden Hutchinson, we talked about him earlier, um, you know, Michigan has so much talent, along, especially along that defensive line uh, over the last several years with Jim Harbaugh that, um, you know, there's been, hasn't had the opportunity, but but Quidipe um, I frankly have been impressed by his play, but not been wowed. And I, I thought that I would be a little bit. I, I just loved his physicality. I loved his long arms and his his just his traits. I really thought that with all the attention that teams are paying to DeForest Buckner, that Quiddy Pay would have a couple of more splashy plays at this point. He he doesn't have that. Um, he he's been pretty solid, um, but he has not had the splashy plays, and that's something that I would expect to uh, tend to, to come around a little bit. Going against the New York Jets and their struggles and protecting the quarterback might be exactly
1: the opportunity that he needs. Man, speaking of uh, the Thursday night football game, real quick, do you, do you guys have any like predictions on what's going to happen in this game? Are you guys all in with the Colts? They've been kind of up and down a little bit. Uh, they beat my 49ers uh, you know, on uh, primetime television. But, I mean, I don't know. The, uh, the quarterback, Carson Wentz, he's kind of been up and down and really turnover prone. Does anything kind of jump out to you guys about this matchup?
0: <laughs> after you, Rob. <wrap. laughs>
1: well, for me, that that's
2: the thing, is that if Carson wins, just, just protects the football a little bit. I, I think that Jonathan Taylor is the factor in this game that is, and the Colts should be able to literally run away with it. Um, but at the same time, it's the Carson Wentz experience. I mean, my yeah. goodness. I mean, some of the plays that he's made have just been like, what are you doing kind of a thing? So as long as Carson Wentz doesn't literally hand the ball away, then then I think that the, the Colts should be able to win this one fairly convincingly.
0: I'm really excited about the emergence of Pittman, but let's not push it too far. So you have, you know, four men surrounding him when he has to go up for the ball. But I I look for that to continue as long as you said, don't turn the ball over in that process. I'm looking for bigger things from him as well. Well, that'll do it for us today, folks. I think you should enjoy Thursday night. We'll we'll see if any of those things come true. We have some wide receivers to talk about tomorrow. Rob's going to join us again. We're going to talk about some hybrid players on the edge. How do you fit them into the evolving NFL? We're looking forward to it. We appreciate it for Rob Rang and for Eric Crocker. Thank you for spending your day with us. We will definitely talk to you tomorrow.